The fuse has been lit, it's Wednesday night, Denise and Reg. Go sign a mic, come and get your Easter eggs. It's a dub, middle of the week, it's A-E-Dub. Dynamic wrestling and end your night with us. It's a must, it's dynamite, it might combust. Speak now, we're gonna give you all the recap. Live on YouTube is where you see that. The Cali connection with the Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It's your girl, Denise Salcedo. And of course, I am joined by Righteous Reg. We are the California Connection, and we're here to talk about AEW Dynamite. Reg, what is up, man? How are you doing? Doing well, Denise. It's a big week of wrestling, as always. A lot of news been going on this week. A really fun episode of Dynamite. Crowd wasn't the best, but you can't win them all. <laughs> no, you really can't. Honestly, I thought that this episode of Dynamite, it was sort of this mixture. There was a lot, I would say I would, there was probably like 90% of what I enjoyed. And then right. maybe like 10%, I was a little bit kind of like disconnected from it. But I thought we got a lot of really good wrestling today on the show. And I mean, especially with that main event and a couple of the matches early in their nights, this was a good, uh, you know, wrestling program for today. Yeah, I think that they've been telling some good stories. Sometimes it's not the most newsworthy shows, but they're telling really good stories and having really good matches. And I think that's what kind of episode we have today. Yeah, I think so, too. I can't wait to get into it. I think we're going to have a good time talking about some of the topics that went down on Dynamite. But before we do, Reg, the rankings are back. I want to start off by asking you how you felt about that. I think it's a really good move, Denise, especially with the kind of energy Samoa Joe's been bringing. I think it plays really well into his reign here, and it's just going to kind of give some more establishment to people that don't usually. I mean, because like there's a lot of people that are kind of pushed or in our face, and we see them on a weekly basis. But there's some other wrestlers that we don't maybe think about that are racking up wins in different places and getting streaks and stuff going. And I think this is going to help along more with that. They're trying to lean more towards the sports-based aspect, and I think the rankings helps that a lot. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm hoping that the rankings doesn't let you forget about other people that are getting wins and stuff. Because right. there's times where, like you said, there's certain talent we see on a weekly basis. And then there's other talent where I'm like, where'd this guy come from? Oh, he's right. got all these wins from where? Mm -hmm. um, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, he was doing this on here. He was doing that on here. Okay, great. I would like to, you know, get to see that a little bit more on your flagship show, which is Dynamite. So I do think the rankings being back will kind of help some of that talent maybe get uh shuffled in a little bit more over on the uh you know the the dynamite side of things we right. got two super chats i'm gonna kick things off so let's go btw if you guys want to get your questions your comments your statements your hot takes your cold takes whatever it is uh right here on the stream and also help support this podcast you are more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point thank you so much to shao din jackson for gifting five dwo memberships we got crazy 101 who says w dynamite jeff and swerve Killed it. Crazy 101 also says, also, Okada better not go to WWE. I'll take TNA. All right, Reg, where would you prefer to see Okada? TNA or WWE? Uh, people aren't going to like this. I know your, I think I know your answer based on your taste in pro wrestling. I mean, if it is what it is, like if I want to see Okada have potentially some banging ass matches with Speedball Mike Bailey. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with TNA. But I understand, Denise, if you want to see Okada at WrestleMania have this big entrance, that sounds cool too. 
<laughs> I love how you're like, okay, whatever you guys want. But honestly, here's the thing, Reg. I'm personally feeling that neither of these options are going to go down. I'm personally feeling that we're going to see Okada in AEW. So for your sake, because I was thinking, how hilarious would it be if Okada did go full-time to TNA? I would laugh my ass off only for the simple reason that you were like, no, no. You can't, Denise. They can't afford him. And just, just like their taping schedule might be a benefit to him. He might like it two times a month. I might be like, oh, yeah, I'm into that. But that just can't work. Okada being on a tape show that people barely watch, it just doesn't make sense. So I've been waiting to troll you, by the way, Reg. I've been waiting to see if they're going to make an announcement like that because I already have my plan of attack on Twitter for you. You know your new default that you posted? Mm -hmm. The one when you're in the ring and you're looking up like this, all hopeful. <laughs> Whenever, whenever they put out the little uh, Okada signs with TNA graphic, <laughs> I'm going to quote retweet with that picture of you like this. <laughs> if, if you, that picture is hilarious. Don't do me like this, Denise. I was having a great time at a wrestling show. And here you go being a little hater trying to exploit me for some TNA bucks. What's going on here? I saw you. Oh, I get it. I saw you on the TNA pay-per-view doing your little thing, asking your little question. Now we're in cahoots. All right, I see it, you guys. The chat, y'all see it? Y'all saw her on the show. I, I don't know what you're referring to, Reg. <laughs> <laughs> we got Grapple Geekery who says lots of women's segments and two women's matches on collision. Seems like we're finally getting the attention the ladies deserve in AEW. Keep it up, AEW. That was one of the things that I thought was really great from today's show was we got a woman's sit-down interview which ended up being one of my favorite moments of the show. We yeah. got a woman's match, and then we got, uh, you know, the backstage promo with Taya Valkyrie and uh, Johnny TV. Uh, so I'm going to count that also as a woman's segment because she was the one who did all of the talking in that. So I think Definitely. that they did really well with presenting all of the girls today. Like, all of a sudden, you know, you're seeing all of these people who are coming and chasing after Tony Storm. Yeah, I kind of like that commentary is playing into every time they announce a woman they make it like she's the big deal like they're like serena deeb's coming back and What's she's that? hungry thunder rosa's here she's hungry red velvet like everyone's hungry everyone wants to be champion diona looks like a big star we're gonna get into it real here soon soon but i just like the added emphasis of these ladies are here and they all want to be the champion and they're all so hungry four women's segments today if you can if you yeah. count the video and of course the backstage stuff uh yeah so that's kind of exciting alexander fitzgerald says if okada joins aew i need strong style copeland versus okada hal yeah. give me an entire g1 or continental classic one suzuki versus copeland what a fun match i think after the match that we just saw with adam copeland and Minoru suzuki i don't think people would be opposed to seeing adam copeland versus okada in aew what the hell like even hearing the words coming out of my mouth I'm like, when did this all go down? Like, how did we get to this point? When they first announced Minoru Suzuki versus Adam Copeland, I think it was, what, on Collision or something? I forgot when mm -hmm. they announced it. Whatever. One of the shows I was watching, they announced it. And when they did, it was this moment of, what? Am I seeing this right? Like, let me make sure I'm reading and seeing the graphic correctly. We just watched the whole show and the whole match, Denise, and still afterwards I was like, did that really happen? Like, we're still in some crazy alternate universe Denise that I never thought we were crossed over into one where Adam Copeland is not in WWE for life and two where he's just having these matches like 
they said it on commentary. Like, you can't even call it a dream match because we couldn't even imagine, like, oh, yeah, Edge is going to wrestle Minoru Suzuki one day. No, he's not. That doesn't even make sense. So to see it today is crazy. And to know that he wants that match with Okada, he said it out loud. And that's a potential possibility. If Okada comes in, it's definitely happening. That's crazy. Hell yeah. Roberto Arsenal says Tony Storm and Deanna have been great. I completely agree. Uh, Anthony Cruz says, can we get more podcasts or streams with the two of you? Maybe it's just me from Kelly, but you guys are my favorite from tons of options. Uh, thank you so much, Anthony. I feel like Reg, we've been doing more shows on the channel. I feel like we got yep. the prediction, not the prediction show, uh, the Royal Rumble post show coming up this week. So we got that. Yep. Uh, we did TNA and Impact. Uh, TNA and Impact. <laughs> what did we do last time? It was a double show. Didn't we do a double no, or I was think it we just, just the impact. Just the impact post. Oh show. yeah, we just talked about TNA post show. Sorry, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Um, we'll definitely be doing a lot more here on the channel definitely. as we go and as more events come through. Five five four K says W Dynamite. I hope both of you are doing well. I certainly am. So let's go ahead and um get into the show that a lot of people seem to have enjoyed uh, based on your guys's comments and whatnot. So here we go. I'm gonna kick things off with the match that again that Reg you just said this. This wasn't a dream match because I don't think our brains actually computed that this would be a possibility at some point. And right. I want to the next time that I'm in an AW press scrum, if it makes sense, if I don't have any other things to ask, I want to ask Tony Khan about booking this match and where <laughs> the idea necessarily came from. Like, what was he doing? Was he getting coffee? And then the moment just hit him and he was like, Adam Copeland versus Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> like, I want to know the details as to how this came about. I um, swear he has like a dream book or something, Denise, where he just like, uh, what's the wildest match I can book? Oh, what about this? And he's like, let's try it. And then it somehow happens. Either that or what are those things where you have a big wall, right? This is right. what I would do if I was a booker. I'd have this big wall with all of the pictures of my roster and I would be like I turn around blindfold myself do a freaking a pin the tail of the donkey and see who I land on and that's the match I'm doing or if not a little dart something cool to entertain myself pin the tail on the donkey getting deciding matches is wild and that's why Denise will never be a booker because that's a terrible idea hey you never know what if I come up with some brilliant shit what if pin the tail on the donkey leads to get this get this Reg what if it leads to your dream match? <laughs> Swerve Strickland versus Keith Lee. You, you really see? know how to ruin a good moment, don't you, Denise? First, you come up with this donkey, <laughs> tell them the donkey idea. And see, that's why you can't come up with it, because that's a match you'll book. And be like, we can't do that. Take Keith Lee's picture down. <laughs> Savage. All right. So Adam Copeland, Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> this was definitely, I'm just going to say it. I know that the work that Adam Copeland did with Christian Cage, it was definitely great. I don't want to take away from that, but I think this was my favorite Adam Copeland match in AEW because we kind of saw him step outside the box. I mean, at one point he's going to a spear. Uh, Minoru Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki gets him with a knee. We see them do a couple of little chop ex slap exchanges. We see um, Adam, Adam Copeland spear Minoru Suzuki through a freaking barricade at one point. I mean, this was kind of different for Adam. So with that being said, like, how'd you feel about this matchup? Yeah, Denise, look, I've been watching this guy since 1999. I remember when he debuted the night. He debuted in 1998, came through the crowd with his little gothic boy gimmick. First match, he got, almost broke a guy's neck. He did a tope over the rope. 
hit a guy, one of the, the wrestlers, almost broke his neck. Crazy way to debut. That was all the way in 1998. Been watching his whole career, Denise. Never, ever, ever in all those years have I seen Adam Copeland in a match like he was in today. This was like if he went to New Japan, Tokyo Dome, and they were just like, have a Japanese match. This was like the first time we've just seen him stand and strike with fools. Like there's no sports entertainment here. Like they started the match just beating each other up. And the whole match is I'm trying to beat this old man up on both sides. Like Suzuki's like, this is fun. I'm wrestling a WWE Hall of Famer two time, five time, a million time. This guy was a main event of WrestleMania and we're just slapping each other in the ring. Like just so much fun. The counters are great. Edge trying to outstrike Suzuki is like, don't try it. But he tried it, and he kept up with them. The spears were awesome. He had to use the little turnbuckle in the end to beat Suzuki because he's a madman. I love Suzuki getting up like the Undertaker and then scurrying into a rear naked choke. Just a really fun work all around. And like I said, seeing Edge in a match like this, Adam Copeland, his name is Edge, whatever. Seeing Adam Copeland in a match like this after so long, and him doing a Suzuki-style match was really a sight to see, Denise. Like, this is the type of match when he was announced as coming to AEW. This is the type of stuff we wanted to see. And to see it just on a random dynamite is so cool. Yeah, I agree because when Adam Copeland came into AEW and I'm not going to, you know, I didn't think his match with Luchasaurus was bad by any means. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it was way better than I think any of us might have anticipated, yeah. but nobody was necessarily, uh, you know, it didn't break the internet to announce Adam Copeland versus Luchasaurus. And yeah. so it sort of felt like a little bit of a letdown to his start in AEW. Again, granted, the match wasn't terrible by any means. I was yeah. entertained, but... It was this thing of like, really, you have Adam Copeland in the first match you put him in as Luchasaurus. And then, of course, he tells this program with Christian, which we're still telling this program. But I think even then, it's not something that is totally new because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people expected um, them to tell the story between Adam Copeland and Christian Cage. Right. Now, this was the first thing that I would say was different. And now he's been doing the open challenge matches. Um, what does he call it? The Adam Open. I forgot what he's calling it. The on Cope Collision. Open. The Cope Open. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've been seeing him in these matchups with random people. Like we got him in a match with Griff Garrison when I was just like, what are we doing here? Okay. Um, <laughs> I did like this Saturdays. I thought that was cool. But here's the thing. This was finally something different. This was mm -hmm. finally a new version of Adam Copeland on AEW. Now, here's the thing. I think that sometimes we forget that Adam might not be this guy that you can, that because we've known him for all of these years on TV, I think we feel like we know him already, right? Yeah. You know, you think you know what you're going to expect. You think you know him. Song? Yeah, there you go. What is this song <laughs> saying? You think you know him. And no, if you think about it, like go back and remember some of the crazy moments of Edge's career in WWE. We all remember the iconic moment, WrestleMania 17, when mm -hmm. he freaking speared Jeff Hardy. Like that took yep. some freaking balls to do, man. Like when you, when I go back and think about that, I think about how we haven't seen a moment that crazy. Mm -hmm. um, there's been other crazy moments don't get me wrong but that crazy and that precise and that extreme it's been a very long time and you think about that moment for him you think about the time um you know him and Mick Foley at Wrestlemania and the burning table yeah. when you think about some of the things that Adam Copeland has done in his career like this should have not necessarily shocked us as much is what I'm saying no 
Yeah, that's I think that's kind of the thing that I get along with with your what you're saying here, Denise, is we've seen him do everything. You would think at one point in these 30 years, he would be at some point having this kind of match with Suzuki, some kind of Japanese style. But no, we haven't. This is brand new. And it's crazy. I mean, you think we've been watching this guy against John Cena and Randy Orton, and they're not in there trying to punch his head off or chop <laughs> his chest off. They're trying to have these great, fun sports entertainment matches. We've seen him in TLC matches, like you said, ladder matches, hell in the cell against The Undertaker. Like we've seen him at the tippy top. Live of, sex celebration. You know, also those things. Yeah, he go, did that to his homeboy, but whatever. We, we moved on from there. He's been at the tippy top of the mountain, Denise. And to kind of just go to the bare bones of what pro wrestling is, Two fools in the middle of the ring just punching each other in the mouth. I think it's super cool. And it kind of sets of like, like you're saying, he came in and he's had these matches and they've been fun, but I don't want to say they've been underwhelming, but it's like we were kind of expecting something different. And this was different out of the box, unexpected after so many years to get something like this. We want more of this. Yes, that's exactly what I think is going to make his uh AEW run more distinguishable and this mm -hmm. is really like they got to do more stuff like this I, I I'm I'm all here for him putting over young guys and I think he can definitely do that um I, I think there's a balance right there's a balance, balance of doing cool stuff like what you saw today and then also doing a little bit of what he's been doing on collision with the cope open right. uh what did you think of the ending though where uh Adam Copeland basically extended his hand to Minoru Suzuki and Minoru Suzuki did not shake his hand I think it plays along with Suzuki's, you know, life career. He would never, why would he shake your hand? Just like Adam said, after it was over, like, I expected you not to shake my hand. That makes more sense. But I also think it kind of plays along with Adam Copeland's character because what he's doing with Christian and what Christian has always tried to tell him is like, you're this nice guy. You're always trying to shake hands. You're always trying to pat on the back and all that. And you need to be vicious. You need to be more than that. And to show that he's still kind of that guy that he's always been probably has Christian in the back. Like I still got you where I want you friend. Damn right. All right. So send in your thoughts. we got a couple of super chats to get into. And this one is from ring talk HQ who says, Denise, I would love to know his thought processes for booking matches. He can book some super high level matches, but when is there any follow-up? So it's like, that's something that I feel that AEW does get criticism in regards to some of the follow-up. And I don't blame it because we've been out here, Reg, you and I, and we've talked so many times about how certain talents, the follow-up wasn't great, mm -hmm. but then there are certain matches, for example, like this one where I'm not expecting a follow-up. Like, this was just no. more so a unique matchup to get. Yeah, I mean, because like there's still some stories that it's like, what what about that? Like this Joker story, I'm st I don't really the follow up for it, and not really hidden for me. I don't know about you, Denise. There's some things that I think maybe people want to hear the rest of, but it's just like I feel like Tony Khan sometimes just books things, and he's like, I'm done. What do you? I don't I don't want anymore. It was just a match that happened, and I can understand if people are like. We need more. But to me, I'm just like, give me the matches, dog. Like, they're going to tell the stories eventually. Right, right. Crazy 101 says, give a swerve. This is Keith. <laughs> Juan Ortega says, Adam said that he never got hit that hard. Uh, stiff. I did like that where he was like, God damn, I've never gotten hit that hard in my life before. That was good. Nice. Uh, Sheldon Jackson sends in a very generous super chat saying, I'm glad this match between Copeland and Suzuki happened. I enjoyed it, but I wish AEW sent more talent to New Japan Pro Wrestling because it always seems like New Japan sends talent to AEW like Darby Sammy challenging for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. I feel like the only person we see over there a lot is John Moxley. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something that you would be interested seeing more of? Yeah, definitely. I think they have a roster of talented people that would be super interesting over there. I think with kind of how the developments happen in Japan and legit just how they book shows, they they don't have a lot of room for things like that. And I think that's kind of why it happened. We got Jack Perry going over there. I could see more things happening like that and more of their wrestlers kind of being on the New Japan strong side. But like the straight up New Japan brand, I don't really know if it'll happen. There's a new day, Denise. Okada's gone. Maybe there's some new changes happening in the future. It should happen, but I don't know if it will. Right. I almost feel like for certain guys that it wouldn't hurt to send them over there, especially if they're not doing that much on AEW television. And maybe those guys that are on the precipice are being really good, but just need that extra, uh, that extra push, maybe that extra little bit of experience. Cause we know whenever a wrestler goes on excursion, all of a sudden they come back and they're like a hundred times better than they were before they left because they go out there. They, you know, either get sent from Japan to Mexico and they go out there and they start wrestling and learning and competing with all of these different types of competitors and then you just come out and you're better it's like mm-hmm. a uh you know it, it, it definitely helps so i wouldn't i wouldn't hate seeing those type of stuff for aew getting to see some of their talent that just needs that extra boost and right now jack perry like you mentioned he's there and it kind of feels like this could be that opportunity for him to gain more of an edge in new japan and then come back to aw with this whole new uh glow to him on the aew roster yeah these uh these excursions are kind of like wrestling boot camp denise uh people that kind of are used to systems like Jack Perry had some independent wrestling history and he's used to like the AEW system, but not like worldwide what they do in Japan, what they do in Europe. So to go over and kind of get these things and it's going to be, you know, right. They're going to throw him right into the fire. He's not going to be able to get away from anything. He's going to come back a much better talented wrestler and he's going to have a swag and confidence that you can't get sometimes just being on American television. Right. That's that's what I feel, too. Um, We got Luke Thornton, who says it's a new year, new me, dumbass, A plus line. (laughs) Dude, I freaking loved that line so much. I was thinking, put it on a T-shirt. What are you waiting for? It's on a T-shirt tomorrow, I'm sure. New year, new me, dumbass. (laughs) And I feel we can all apply that. Uh, We got Rafael Garcia, who says a good show tonight. If Jeff is going to be a heel, I'll need to hear his TNA themes that he wrote. Uh, Tony would would book Yuji Nagata versus Brian Danielson on the day of the Rumble. Here's the thing, guys. Like, point blank collision is going to get slaughtered on Saturday. Okay. A lot of people are going to be watching the Royal Rumble. Um, And I had mentioned this on my collision post show when they announced the steel cage match. I'm like, okay, good. Because you need to put something intriguing on the show to make people want to tune in. Right. And then they added this match here and I'm going, okay, there's another reason because you could easily like maybe not watch it live, but knowing that they do have some matches that you might be compelled to watch, you might watch it after the rumble. You might watch, the next day uh, you don't i don't think they want to set themselves up in a position where you're just like ah, i'm gonna skip collision this week yeah i was gonna ask you what like what kind of would be your booking strategy in this case denise you're going against royal rumble where you know this is like a guaranteed like sometimes they're up against wwe shows but they're just like regular poes this is a show that everybody watch watches and this year has a lot of buzz would you go with a loaded card knowing that people are just going to watch it on DVR or would you just like have some cool or whatever matches that 
I might watch, but I'm not going out of my way to watch. Or would you try to counter program and go with like the hottest card you could do and put like Brian and Danielson in the world title match? I have a lot of pride. So if I was a booker, damn right, I would put my best foot forward and be like, right. you mother effers, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be sorry you missed out on my mm-hmm. show, you know? Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I would def- I don't I don't want them to like take a seat back and be like, oh well, we know everybody's gonna be watching the rumble. Here's uh this whatever freaking random match and it's it does suck though because obviously uh you know for somebody that tunes into collision every week i want them to put their best foot forward each and every single week and for me there are some collisions that i really enjoy there are some collisions that i don't really enjoy so i'm looking at this and i'm going damn i'm kind of looking like i'm missing a pretty good episode of collision but obviously i'm gonna be watching the rumble but at least it's in the back of my mind where i'm like hey i might check out collision because i know that these matches that i would have watched otherwise are going to be on the show. Like, right. I don't I don't think they should take it lying down is what I'm saying. And there's some people that, regardless of what anyone thinks, doesn't care for Royal Rumble or WWE things and are just going to watch Collision. And you can't abandon them if you think that you have the potential to get slaughtered. You still got to continue to put your best foot forward. And booking a match like Eugene Nagata and Brian Danielson is how you put your best foot forward. Yeah, damn right. All right, Rafael Garcia, Garcia, thank you so much for sending in that super chat. All right, so I want to go ahead and move on and get into the Young Bucks conversation. So there's only so much to add here, but pretty much we've been seeing the Young Bucks really, really kind of give us the stereotype of what we think the EVPs are doing. So they were back there. They came late. Then they basically made it seem like top flight was late. They were kind of picking on them a little bit, uh, really using their power. And then on top of that, you were, they were shown during the sting and Darby segment backstage, looking through the monitors, looking like they were making all of these important Mm -hmm. calls and things like that. Uh, Is this working for you? Yeah, Denise, I like it that they're kind of playing into things that we've heard about the Young Bucks before. Legit, everything that they do is like calculated and tweets that they've seen, rumors that they've heard, anything that's kind of been around the Young Bucks, they're leaning into it. And I think doing stuff more like this and less on the CM Punk screwed stuff side is what I'm into, like play into we showed up late, but we're still going to be like, well, how long have you been here? Like, you would know if you've been here. Well, what do you mean? We've been here all day. Where have you been? And just being with their suits and saying, call us by our passport names. I'm all in, Denise. I love it. Also, they said we're the last two remaining EVPs. What you thought about that little line? Dude, I was thinking, I was like, man, where were we at in the beginning when this whole thing started? Obviously, the first one that you're thinking of is Cody Rhodes being over on the other side now, living a totally different life now than what he was doing over on AEW. Um, When they said that, I thought, oh, nice little shot there. I I liked it, honestly. And I didn't didn't hate that they said it. I want more (laughs) stuff like that. I want them to be like, I want them to make this a hundred times more than what it is right now. Like really go full throttle on this and really just become like the biggest, most annoying douchebags ever. Like that's what I want to see. I want them to really, really just like level this up because I think it'll be entertaining to see that. Yeah. I think this, the way that they're going with this is kind of maybe how they should have started originally. I'm glad that they got here. We're here now, but I think like, playing into 
what people think that they are, thought that they were going to come in and make themselves the champion, thought that they were going to come in and be dominating over everybody. Like, yo, you should be. You were the greatest tag team of all time when you came into this. They got here now, so I'm excited, Denise. I think this year with them acting like this and all these tag teams they have to go against, they're already targeting top flight. Like, I'm in. Hell yeah. So here's the thing. I want to tie this into Sting and Darby because this somehow all connects. As we know, it's going to be not, it hasn't been made official, but it's looking like it's going to be Young Bucks versus yeah. Sting and Darby at Revolution, right? So ha they haven't made that official, have that? I don't no, right? think so. No, yeah, we've no, just been so. speculating on this. Okay, just making sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So here's the thing. We got a pretty interesting matchup that was announced in two weeks. Sting and Darby are going wow. to be going for the AW tag team titles against Ricky Starks and Big Bill and their Phoenix show on Dynamite. Dang, I don't think people were really expecting this. Do you smell a title change here? I mean, Denise, we talked about it on this show. There was these ideas of one of these tag teams going into Revolution as the champs. Could have been the Young Bucks going in there. I thought that would have been a good idea. But the other side of that was Sting and Darby Allen going into the pay-per-view as champions. You get Sting his one and only AEW title run. You put that prestige on those championships. You put that prestige on Darby. And then he kind of goes out losing these belts to the greatest tag team of all time. The reason that we have this company, the Young Bucks, I think the story told there just makes the most sense. So them announcing this match isn't really that surprising to me because I was like, I know one of these tag teams is going to win these belts on the way up to Revolution. And I think having Sting do it, uh, Phoenix doesn't have a lot of significance, but I mean, that's cool. It's on the West Coast. Shout out to us. I think it's going to be a cool match, a cool moment. Sting and Darby getting this moment after being almost an undefeated tag team their whole run. I think they have one loss. It's like, yeah, it makes sense, especially with them. And they tied it back again to the rankings. You know, for me, what I like about this. So you mentioned the scenarios that you had painted out a couple weeks ago. What I like about this is that I had mentioned wanting to see Sting retire as a champion. Also, but I was expecting it more so for them to win the titles at Revolution and have this big like, you know, oh, I'm going to retire as champion and kind of go from there. I wasn't expecting them to get the titles possibly before Revolution. So now I'm looking at this and I feel like there's no way Sting and Darby lose this. And instead, they go into Revolution as champions. That is that that's telegraphing the win then, Denise, right? Because there's no way in the world you have Sting lose before Revolution, or do you? I hope not. Does that take away from Revolution if he loses? He's lost a bunch of times in his career. I don't want to see Sting lose at Revolution. I want him to keep his uh, winning streak in AEW. So does that take away from the match at all where you know what the winner is? No, only because I feel that to me, the big thing, and I think to a lot of people, the big thing is just seeing Sting's final match. Like that is the selling point there. I hate to put the tag team titles on the back seat here, but the main thing is Sting retiring. retiring. Yeah. So but I he's going to win those belts. 
Yeah. So I'm thinking, yeah, definitely. Like they're going into revolution as champion. Like there's no way that's not happening. And I like it though, because then you can do a couple more stuff leading into revolution. Exactly. Uh, I mean, there's probably going to be like a couple weeks in between probably. Cause mm. I mean, we're talking about them winning the titles in two weeks. That's yeah. already going into like what? February. Yeah. I think and there's then, like four weeks after that or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's not that much time, but regardless, I think that I, I like what they're going with this though, because it wasn't the the routes that I necessarily expected them to go into. Yeah. And they have two shows now, Denise. So four weeks worth of shows is, you know, eight shows or two, four, six, yeah, you know, two, four, six, eight shows at this point <laughs> where they could tell the story. That's eight matches they could potentially have as the tag team champion. So they could tell some more stories on the way up add a little bit more prestige to these championships. And then I don't know, Denise, I forgot about your little theory of he could potentially retire as champions. What if he won at revolution, they retire the championships and create new ones or something. I don't know. There could be some kind of like in sports, they have Jersey retirements. What if like sting had this belt retirement, they get a new, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's an idea. So then, okay, if Sting and Darby go in as champions to Revolution, which I'm expecting they are, and then they go up against the Young Bucks, does this flat out mean the Young Bucks are winning? Or do they still go with my idea where I said they retire? Well, Sting retires as champion. It could. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I can't see the Young Bucks losing, though. That, that, that I mean, that idea sounds great. I like it. I just talked about it on this show, but like, them retiring the belts young bucks are right there them kind of it's going to play into their characters even more too if they have some kind of screwy finish they screw sting at the end in his last match it's going to be great and then they win the belts like it just makes more sense to do that okay okay um let's see what else we got here I think I just had something here. Here we go. This one is from Ring Talk HQ, who says, no, I want Sting versus Derby. You want to tell a story? That is where the story is. Uh, yeah. That was the other option that we had been thinking was going to happen. But I think at this point, it's very clear that it's going to be the Young Bucks. They wouldn't have came out when Sting was about to answer who his match was going to be against that revolution. They wouldn't have been shown during the Sting and Darby Allen segment. So this is definitely the route that they are going into. Yeah, I feel like if we were going to have that one-on-one -on -one match, we would already know by now. That's the way that they're leaning. Like, we're going to see the Young Bucks and Sting and Darby at Revolution. It's it's almost here. Ring Talk HQ says, playing to the realism of storylines. This is what fans want. A person in 2023 that can speak without crossing too many lines, no matter what company. I do like when wrestling blurs the line and we get into this, like, realism aspect. To me, that kind of makes a lot of this stuff more intriguing. That's one of my favorite things about, like, MJF. When he would go mm -hmm. out there and do all of these promo segments, uh, he would sort of incorporate, like, a real story behind it. Like, the stuff that he had done with William Regal, which now feels like 50 years ago. Um, the stuff that he did with CM Punk and so many others. Uh, I love bringing in realism into pro wrestling when it comes to uh, that type of stuff. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and press on. I think from here, what we have is a lot of really good matches. But before we get into the really good matches, I want to get into another story. And that is Tony Storm and Deanna Per. Oh, my God. There's an earthquake. Uh-oh. Yep, we just had an earthquake. Sorry, oh, guys. she's shaking. <laughs> I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> what the hell? This is the second time this happens on this show. Did you see that? I did I'm sorry, see did you see that? 
<laughs> it's oh my, my bad God, juju. Sure. It's my bad juju, Denise. The place I used to stay in, I would legit feel like an earthquake a week over there. I don't feel like that much over here. That's hilarious. You really, I was like, what's happening? Is Denise getting a call in her ear? You're right like, now? what is happening? Okay, hold on. I gotta go. The first thing you do when you get an earth when there's an earthquake of any As sort. Californians, you go on Twitter go and see 23 media. seconds ago. There was earthquake. a 4.5 magnitude earthquake that occurred in San Bernardino. Oh. Uh, so it was in San Bernardino. I'm about like an hour, maybe 45 minutes away from San Bernardino. Oh, that's kind of, uh, kind of far away. Yeah. So 4.5 though in San Bernardino, that's, that's pretty actually heavy. pretty heavy. So mm -hmm. people in San Bernardino uh, definitely felt it a, a lot stronger. That's for sure. <laughs> it was those jolt earthquake ones. The ones where your face was so <laughs> funny, Denise. You're like, what? Hold up. What? It's <laughs> what? like you're getting like a special message, like you're a newscaster. Hold on. We're getting it. Uh, uh, something on. <laughs> I mean, I did break some news. Yeah, it was breaking an earthquake. news. <laughs> Breaking news, I'm shaking over here. <laughs> this really is the California connection. God I damn. Swear. Oh my God, Denise, the California connection. We have earthquakes on our show. Like, come on. What is this? Are we doing bits now? Like, do you have an earthquake machine over there? I mean, it's on Twitter. There you go. Um, my thing with earthquakes is always like my entire life, ever since I was a little girl, and I'm sure you've heard this a million times, Reg, is the big one, the big one, the big one. So every time there's any earthquake, I'm like, is this it? Is this the big one? Denise, you know what's wild is because, you know, we live in California, so we had earthquake drills. But yes. like, I would hear, I, I'm from Bakersfield, and I would always hear these stories, and they'd be like, the big one, it's going to happen in the Bay Area. And I was always like, I never lived there. It doesn't matter to me. But now I live in the Bay Area. So every time there's an earthquake, I'm like, this is it, dude. I'm dead. I always look around like, <laughs> where am I going to go? And I'm like, if it, if the big one happens, where am I going to go? The earth just going to eat me up, Denise. <laughs> no, you can't think about it like that. Like, I think about go? it in terms of survival. Like, I see myself like an action star <laughs> trying to survive the earthquake. What do you think? Everybody's just going to start, like, fighting and shooting each other? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't on. know, but it's going to be madness. I it's going to be bad. It. I, I try mean, not to think about it because they say all of these scary things, how, like, I've heard, I don't know if this is true, I'm not a scientist, whatever, but I heard <laughs> that supposedly Southern California is going to be where Northern California is at and Northern is going to be where yes! Southern is at. Uh, and I'm yeah. like, bro, what? No, for reals. And it's, like I said, we're California, so we've been hearing about this our whole life. It's like, I don't, after what happened in the pandemic, like if, if we had like a big earthquake where everybody was fitting for themselves, like we, there, nobody would be in community. Everyone, it'd be like, I'm going to kill you over toilet paper and water. Like, yeah, I don't ever exactly. want it to happen. So like. I now know, for me, scary. it's more so of like, just don't let it happen while I'm in a, like, I hate to say this, but I hate to think about like where I'm going to be. Like you just mentioned it right now, but I'm like, okay, what if I'm on the freeway? What if I'm in a freaking oh, skyscraper? No. What if I'm in a roller coaster? What if I'm under the bridge the while I'm driving? I think you the know? freeway is probably the scariest thing. Especially scary. you live in LA too. Like California traffic is so bad. There's so many house, cars okay? all the time. What if you're taking like a shower though? And you're naked, I've been in an earthquake before when it's been in a shower one. What'd you it's do? You worst. just start spinning you around. You panic naked. because you obviously your instinct is to turn off the water before you run out. So you're mm -hmm. killing your survival time by turning gotcha. off the Gotcha. Yeah, water. yeah, yeah. You're already dead. Like those seconds, those are precious seconds. <laughs> 
Leave the water on, Denise. I'm not a savage. I'm going to turn off the water and oh then Oh, my run. God. Oh, she died because she had to turn the water <laughs> off. Like, oh, yeah, we saved water, but my wife's gone. This is crazy. <laughs> And this didn't an earthquake, terrible. I mean, didn't a uh, freeway just like collapse in LA too? It, it burned. There was a fire. It um, burned. <laughs> there was a Another fire. California thing. <laughs> On the 10, there was this big fire underneath the freeway. And this is like a big, important freeway. Like people drive right. on this freeway. Yeah. And I mean, they had it up like by the, the week later. But yeah. people were upset when it was down. Though. Oh, dude, I, I would have been upset, too, especially a lot of people like that's their route to work. So, Ugh, oh, God, funny. <laughs> oh, God, next time we're going to see and if the big earthquake happens during this podcast, we're just going to see a swap. All of a sudden, yeah. I pop up on your screen and you're going to pop up on my screen. They're going to be like, it really happened. They swapped. <laughs> <laughs> we have to laugh because if not then we'll Seriously, cry i honestly i'm like that's gonna be so scary stop it <laughs> don't even talk about it no more i'm gonna cry right now all right <laughs> let's get into st tony storm and diana perrazzo that's where we were at before damn 4.5 earthquake in san bernardino Ooh. happened breaking news denise salcedo uh yeah. speak now 13 <laughs> man get it kick out nine Yep, got yeah, you. yeah, I okay. got you, Denise. You landed it. <laughs> I'm gonna use that. That's gonna be part of my demo reel. I'm gonna go to the state weather station and be like, Yo, look at this. I broke the like, news. I'm breaking news. It happened on my show. <laughs> Tony Storm and Deanna Perazzo, they had a phenomenal. <laughs> Phenomenal sit-down interview with Renee Paquette. I uh, love that they actually did it on the stage with all the people there, all of that. So Tony Storm basically had this really good line where she tells Deanna, Deanna, I heard you were body shamed recently. She pauses and I'm going, oh no, where's this going? Shout mm -hmm. out to Tony for being brave to do that pause Ooh. right after that line. Cause she, I felt that pause went on oh, forever. God. And then she says, but that's ridiculous because I think there's worse things about you that we can shame. And I'm mm. like, okay, Brought I didn't know where this was going. Where was this going to go? And so basically what we get here was this back and forth between Tony and Deanna. Tony puts over Deanna for being a great technical wrestler. Deanna kind of brings up their past and who Tony Storm used to be. And basically told Tony, that's the version of you that I want to compete against. And then she did something unexpected. I'm sorry, but I did not know that they had matching tattoos. Did you know Neither this? Like, is this it, known nope. information? I didn't know. If it is, I did not know. This is the first I ever heard of it. Yeah. So all of a sudden, Deanna Peraza pops up and she's like, show us the ankle. And I'm like, what's going to be on the ankle? Like, what's, <laughs> what's going on with the ankles? And then all of a sudden, they have matching tattoos. Right. They end up fighting, um, throwing shoes at each other. This was awesome. What did you think of it? Yeah, Denise, you didn't bring up the coolest part of the whole thing. The half black and white screen. Oh, yeah, Tony that was really Storm, cool. Yeah. Some Wild Waste production put together this thing. I thought that this was a great way to kind of introduce Deona because we've already seen Deona have a match, which is the perfect way to introduce a wrestler. I'd never forget. But I thought that this her knowing the crowd, knowing that Deona really knows who Tony Storm is and not just coming in being like, Oh, we came up or I know you are kind of like Mariah May's story of like, I know who you are, but as a fan, 
Diona's like, no, I know who you are because I was there in the trenches with you. I was there in Japan where we were eating ramen noodles on the floor and being dirty and getting drop kicked in the mouth. I was there from the beginning, and I know it's not this person that I see now. I thought it made her look super strong. At the end, when she held up the belt, she looked like a big star, looked like it belonged on her. But Tony Storm, uh, I think, in this role was just so good. Uh, everything that she was doing, her lines were great. The the little look that they had with the black and white, she played her role so great. But I think the most important part of this was they made Diona look like a credible threat. She looks smart. She looks great in the ring. She looks like somebody that could potentially beat Tony Storm. She looked really good with that belt, by the way. Like yeah. she was glowing. And I'm thinking it's only a matter of time till this actually happens for Diana, where she becomes champion. Yeah. I love how fast she's gotten here because, yeah. you know, she came right in. They didn't stall. They went right into this program with her and Tony Storm. And right away, you know, a couple weeks later, she's out there raising the championship belt. I love that they're moving fast because I feel like sometimes they don't really, they don't really do that. Like there's a lot of uh, stalling. Yeah, I think that a lot of the times they do do that, but that person doesn't usually have the pedigree to kind of back it up. Diona is undeniable, Denise. Anytime you've seen her in a place, she's been the champion there, and she was a champion for a long time. She came in with the pedigree of being the champion. No, She didn't take no steps. Immediately she came in and said, I want to be the champion. I, there's no bullshit about it. I don't want to fight my – I don't want to do none of this. I don't want to politic. I'm here to beat Tony Storm because that's what I do. I'm the virtuosa. I did it in TNA wrestling. I did it in ROH and I'm going to do it here. And I just love that energy because that's the way she should be presented. You get a big main event level women star. You should present her like that. Sometimes, you, you know, they do this build up thing and some of them should be built up, but then some come in. It's like, no, this is a star. Make them in the main event right now. That's why you got them. Yes. So you mentioned TNA wrestling and a match that we've seen in impact a whole lot in the past was Deanna Peraza versus Taya Valkyrie. Now Taya is a face that has, you know, she joined AEW, but we haven't really seen that much of her on dynamite and collision, right? She's mm -hmm. mainly been doing, I believe she's been doing the ring of honor bit stuff with Johnny TV. Right. Yep. So with that being said, I was thinking like, damn, you know, like what's going on with Taya? When are we going to see Taya? And then it's like the Lord read my mind because five minutes later, she's on the screen with Johnny TV and she cuts this really good promo. She looks really great. She basically calls out Deanna Perazzo for coming in and cutting in line and she wants a match against her. So next week on dynamite, we're getting Taya Valkyrie versus Deanna. Now we've seen these two work each other plenty of times before. So you know that it's going to be good. And I think that Taya hasn't had a performance on AW yet that has gotten people that haven't seen her work go, Oh shit. Who is that? I want to know more about her. And given how familiar she is with Deanna and how well they know each other, I think this could be the match that, finally gets Taya uh, a little bit more noticed on AEW. I like this uh, this angle here because Taya falls right along to what you were saying before. Taya comes in with that same stuff. Pedigree, she's been champion in Mexico. She's been champion in Impact. She's been champion everywhere that she's been. I like her coming in here lying, being like, you can't do that. You don't deserve that. Even though when she came in, she immediately got a shot against Jade Cargill. I guess we're supposed to forget that. You did the same thing, but that's what Hills are supposed to do. They're hypocrites. I think this is the perfect thing to do for both of them, though, Denise, because Taya is an amazing wrestler, too. She represents a uh, main uh, top gal in the women's division, and having her in a match with someone familiar is going to help for the both of them because they're going to be able to go out there and cook. 
Exactly. They're going to be able to do that. And I think that's a, that's a really good point there. Um, all right. So we got a couple of super chats here and this is from crazy one and one who says, Denise looked like she got some breaking news. <laughs> <She did. laughs> I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that. Um, we got ring talk HQ says, thank you both for reminding me where not to live. Fair. Oh, it's depressing. Will Chisholm says, I'm sorry, F this dead crowd tonight. Oh, we'll talk about that in just a second because there was one match that I thought was incredibly noticeable where the crowd was super dead. And we'll talk about that immediately following this word from our sponsors, Magic Spoon. My New Year's resolution is to cut back on sugar and add more protein to my diet to help me stay on track of my fitness goals this year. And Magic Spoon makes that easier and more delicious than ever. Magic Spoon comes in a variety pack. The four flavors are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs. Only 140 calories a serving. It's high protein, has zero grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. My favorite flavor is the fruity one. Head on over to magicspoon.com slash Denise to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use my promo code Denise at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash Denise and use the code Denise to save $5 off. Hopefully that earthquake doesn't happen while you're eating your cereal. You're going to be splashing around <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> My favorite is still you trying to open the bag. You're just like. <laughs> I know. I'm like, smile. <laughs> Get you some magic spoon, you guys. Good cereal. Hell yeah, man. All right. So earlier I had teased that we were going to get into a match where I felt that the crowd was kind of dead for this particular matchup. Wardlow versus Trent Beretta. In this one, I'm going to be honest, I don't blame the crowd for it. I did not care for this match that much, Reg. I'm sorry. I wasn't as interested in this match as I had originally been when they announced it because I'm such a big fan of Trent Beretta. And, but I just don't think that him and Wardlow had the chemistry that was needed to really make this match feel extra special. And the crowd was dead for a, like, a good portion of it. Okay, so Denise, before tonight, you were a big fan of Trent, but some reason tonight you didn't like what he did. Hmm. I know what you're doing, Reg. But why, though? You know why. This match was the moments that were getting what a reaction. Is it about war though, Denise? Stop beating around the bush. This Keep feels it like real a with session. You, blame lady. your parents. Blame your parents. You're fucked up in the head. Blame is your parents. It with this guy, Denise. I don't is know there saving what is going for him? on. What is, is was it just me? Like, am I off here? 
No, not at all. It's like it's noticeable, like you said. Like the crowd wasn't the greatest the whole night, but that match it was like, oh my god, they do not care about this at all. No, and I think the biggest portion where I noticed like this big uh, blank space of reaction was when Wardlow was on offense. Like when the moments when Trent Beretta kind of looked like, oh, he might have a little bit of a shot. I saw some reactions, but then there was this moment where this is what happened. Have you ever been like driving in your car and you zone out? Like you've been doing everything right, but you're zone out. You're on autopilot. That happened to me during this match. I was watching it started. And before I knew it, I was like, what happened? What are we doing? Like it completely just whoosh. Did not work out for me. And the funny part is, Denise, is I've come on this podcast many, a plenty of times complaining about Wardlow because all of his matches are squash matches. And this wasn't a squash match. I know. I was finally happy that this wasn't the same match that we get. Powerbomb Symphony, Powerbomb Symphony. I was happy about that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And the thing is, I don't know if they're saving for the brother. We're seeing it. Would it I mean, if we maybe put him in with some top stars and like a Haas match with Hobbs and Miro and the big guys and let them throw those things. There's a way to get them back, but doing what's happening now. And like I said, him still being the little background character for the undisputed kingdom. Not working. No, this one just wasn't it. I don't know what you can do. Um, I think like you, I think your idea of maybe having them in meaty matches with meaty men, yeah, that might be the the best thing. Put them in there with your powerhouse Hobbs, with your mirror, Lance Archer, Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. Maybe that will help. But it's like this was a this was just really noticeable that it wasn't really clicking here, and I felt bad because I'm like, you look at Wardlow, he is everything that you would think a pro wrestler would look like like i look at him and i go yeah he'd kick my ass he'd kick that guy's ass i'm scared of wardlow looks great but then unfortunately just it kind of falls a little flat so this is like when jbl's favorite randy orton line if you were to build a pro wrestler from the scratch blah blah you would build wardlow you'd be like this this, create a wrestler like big giant wardlow he looks great he moves he does flips and shit but like he can do cool things for a guy his size something's not clicking what is it is it co- lack of confidence is it just the yep. wrong opponents the wrong yep. stories yep all of it okay all of it <laughs> you all gotta just it. start from scratch scratch everything I we know about Warlow. from scratch though. change the brother's name get him a new name call him his name david jones or whatever was <laughs> I was going to say, is that his real name, David Jones? Louis Galindo. I don't know what his name is. Call (laughs) him his real name. Get You got to wash him clean of that stench, Denise. And it starts from the bottom. Change his name, change his gear, change his song, change his way, his in-ring style, change everything. Because there's still something there. But what's happening now ain't working. So it's Michael Austin, by the way. That's his actual Michael Austin. That's a great name. But you already got... All these other Austins, you know? You know, earlier I was thinking kind of funny on the side note. Our friend needs to change his name. It's going to be Will Ospreay, Will Hobbs. You're like the third Will. Oh, are you talking about Will Washington? <laughs> I was like, are you suggesting if Will Ospreay change If there's name? a totem pole, it's like Ospreay, Hobbs, Washington. You got to get a new name. You got to get a new shoot name or, or work You're name, You rank in the bottom of the Wills. Listen, I'm, you know, it's Ospreay, uh, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. My big homie. And then, you know, Will. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. See, like, you're going to have to change your name. Sorry, Will. Change, change your name. name. I can't believe he has to change this so far already, Denise. Okay, but here's my question, though. Let's go back to Wardlow here. Because okay. you said <laughs> you said change the name, change the song, change All the wardrobe. It. But here's the thing, though. There was a moment where Wardlow was hot. There was a moment where I thought that he was going to become AEW World Champion. When? When he defeated MJF. How long ago was that? Double or nothing. What Almost year two years ago now. That was two years ago. Yeah, yeah, that was two years ago, Denise. Like I said, and like we saw with our own two eyes, when my big homie bust in that door during that media scrum, it was all over for Wardlow. He smiled like a little heavy. Oh, that's cute. No, you got to throw this table and fight this fool because he just came and disrespected your title thing. He hasn't recovered from that. He has to come out maybe on the show and be like, Will Hobbs, I haven't forgot about that. Let's fight right now, motherfucker, or something because, like, that is stuck on him. People didn't even see that, but that stench still circles him. Yeah, if you saw that, uh, I think that that definitely kind of was just like a big eye opener. And that was like, it's it, like, that's not even in wrestling character. Like, you don't even have to really take that. But like, just knowing like, you didn't do anything. You just like this will bust in. He grabbed your belt and said, I'm about to beat your ass. And then he beat your ass. What, dude? What are you talking? This is crazy. I just don't know, man, because I thought that him joining up with the Undisputed Kingdom was the rebrand, I guess. I or was him was. starting from scratch. I knew what time it was. that I knew it wasn't going to work because, like I said, Denise, his whole fight was I was stuck in MJF shadow. Why would you go and be in someone else's shadow? That doesn't make sense for your character, dude. You're already starting from the bottom. You're telling me you hated you hated this, and then you went and did it again for somebody else? You're a little beasy. Almost worse than Damian Priest. Damian Priest is the worst character in pro wrestling. He's not in AEW, but he is so dumb as a wrestling character. Like, you didn't cash in your championship on this fool who says his legs broke. Go and dropkick that fool in the knee and cash this damn championship in. Now you're declaring for the Royal Rumble when you got the damn title shot in your hand. Sorry, this isn't a WWE. I know, thing. I was going to say, wait, I don't what? do WWE podcasts. I just wanted to rant about it real quick. Stop <laughs> like, being dumb, Damian Priest. You got a briefcase. Open it up. Hit Seth Rollins in the knee, dude. He's hurt. We got Will Chisholm here who says, when do we start saying this Adam Cole faction is a flop? This is Mike Jones' second uh, album flop. I feel Ooh. like, Reg, you've been saying it. Listen, Every I knew week from the very first week. You Denise. even took some heat for it, and you still were, you stuck to your guns, man. I knew when Adam Cole came limping down, I was like, this is, is not going to work. If this is what they're doing, if they're trying to get me to think that this group is something with this leader who can't even fucking walk, I can't take... I'm off rip. I can push that fool down. I don't even have to fight him. I just have to push him over and he's going to be like a damn cockroach. And then Wardlow, like I said, supposed to be this man. Why is he standing behind the fool with the broken leg? This doesn't even make sense. Let Wardlow stand out in front. At least he's protecting you. Denise, That's you're getting true. me hot again. Don't get me into this. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're bringing up some good points, though. I don't know why. I just don't understand why they're doing Wardlow like this. They had it, Denise. Even after that, remember he the Samoa Joe cut off his braid or whatever. Oh, when he his did hair. the emotional thing. Yeah, the emotional thing. Too, yeah. We got him again, and then it, he started doing the powerbomb Symphony thing again, and we we're like, oh my god, we don't care about this, dude. Do something. 
Yeah, man. I don't know. Something needs to be done. I don't know what the solution is. Maybe you're right. Maybe change everything. Start Somebody from the beginning. In, in the super chat has a great idea. Yodan says Wardlow can go to ROH and be the new Mike Awesome to ROH. Brilliant idea. That's Hold on. I was trying to pull, pull that up. Can you pull it up? Do you see it? Yes, yeah, right here. Thank you. This is Yodan. Yodan. Wardlow can go to ROH and be the new Mike Awesome to ROH. It's such a great idea, you guys. You don't even understand. But we'll see. He's supposed to be this main event guy, Denise. Their whole, the whole thing that Adam Cole's been saying is, uh, Wardlow's going to win the belt and then give it to me. But no one in the world, there's not one person besides Wardlow and Adam Cole that want to see Wardlow win the belt. There you go, man. All right. Well, if anybody has any brilliant ideas, you guys can go ahead and send them in. But let me tell you what was a brilliant idea, Reg. Penta versus Hangman. This was AEW 101 in the sense that this match included everything that you like in terms of the wrestling that you see on AEW. I mean, we're talking like Settle Miedo versus Cowboy shit. Like that was the thing. Chop exchange, super kicks. There was one time where Hangman Page was like upside down and freaking... <laughs> Penta just comes in. It's like, boop, nearly took this guy's head off. I mean, this match was so much fun. Having Samoa Joe on commentary, he did something that I was such a big fan of. And it was something so simple. It was when uh, Penta hit the Made in America on, uh, sorry, Made in Japan. I don't know why I said Made in America. Made in Japan <laughs> on Hangman Adam Page. And he kicked out. He mm -hmm. kicked out right away. And Samoa Joe was like shocked about that. He was so shocked that, hangman page was able to kick out of a move like that and that to me like not only put the move over put the moment over put penta over but also put hangman page over as somebody that can handle a lot of shit of course eventually we see hangman go out there he hits the buckshot lariat gets the win but this was so much fun man what'd you think yeah no denise i think you made the perfect point right here this was aew 101 like if you when you start a fight forever these are two wrestlers that you pick like these are W AEW fans' favorite wrestlers are Penta and Hangman Page. Penta is just permanently over, is what I've established. Started in Lucha Underground and it never ended. Like you could put him in any spot, people are gonna love him. And putting him in a match, I think, like this with Hangman Page is important because they are such good storytellers, the both of them, and seeing them kind of work together on what they both do really well in this match i thought was fun hangman page is such a baby face like there's not a lot of wrestlers a lot of the times i'm like i would rather see them as heel. i want to see them try as heel. like he works so well as a baby face because people just want to see this guy win so much and i think just the way that he works his matches he's not, he just like no nonsense denise he just gets in there punches the shit out of you in the mouth, tries to clothesline your head off, and then he does a moonsault to show that he's awesome. He has a little bit of flashy, but most of it is like, he's a cowboy who likes to fight. And what do cowboys do? They just go up and punch you in the mouth. And that's pretty much his whole thing, but he does it so well. And Penta was on display, I think, the whole time. He, the way that he works a slow style, like he's not like other luchadors. He's not a flipping and spinning luchador like I use, I'm used to. He's hard hitting. He wants to stand in your face. He wants to taunt and pose and play with the crowd. But most of part, he just wants to beat some ass and kick you in the mouth. Both these guys starting the show, I think, was awesome. This in front of a different crowd, Denise, would have been one of those ones. This where I thought the crowd, if they were hotter, it would have changed how this match was presented. But it still was a dope ass match.
Yeah, you're right on that whole situation with the crowd. Thankfully, I was so invested in the match that I kind of ignored the crowd where I was right. more so focused in the moves and what they were doing. Um, So this one came through like as a, you know, a viewer on TV. I think I like I really enjoyed it. And obviously you did, too. Yeah. Um, But speaking of Hangman Page, we got to get into his uh his foe, his enemy, uh, Swerve Strickland, who also had a really fun match against Jeff. Hardy. Now, this one was definitely different. Uh, you know, they go out there, they fight into the crowd. We see Jeff Hardy hit him with a twist of fate on the steel steps. On steel steps, we see Jeff kick out of the house call, which was really cool. But eventually, Swerve hits the stomp and gets the victory. And then, um, before we get to the follow up with Hangman and Swerve, what did you think of the Jeff Hardy Swerve Strickland match? Yo, this was really fun too, Denise. I think off the backs of that insanely awesome match that Jeff Hardy had with Darby Allen, which if you haven't seen it is really awesome. Darby Allen is insane combined with somebody that he considers a hero. Like Jeff Hardy has been great for him to come off the backs of that and do this kind of match over here with swerve. I thought was awesome. Swerve is destined to be a W world champ. His swagger is on 10 gazillion. He has so much confidence the way that he wrestles, the way that he walks, the way that he talks, you can see it. You can feel it. Jeff Hardy kind of having this resurgence, I think, is awesome. Their run here in AEW hasn't been the best, Denise. And I'm starting to think maybe it was his brother's fault because all his singles <laughs> matches are awesome. I mean, if you think about all the Jeff Hardy singles matches, you're like, damn, they're cool. And then when he gets in a tag match, you're like, well, it's not the what's but uh, now. Has it happened to you where? Okay, there were certain times when Jeff Hardy would wrestle where I would kind of be nervous the entire matchup yeah. because he just looked like he was in so much pain. However, like this match against Swerve, I didn't feel like I know I didn't feel that way. Like I didn't feel anxious watching Jeff Hardy wrestle here. And I don't I, know if it was just something that I noticed, but did you notice this too? No, Denise, you're right. This one and the Darby Allen match. Usually you watch Jeff Hardy matches and you're like, oh, you're cringing. He's walking kind of funny. He doesn't feel like you can feel that he doesn't have his most confidence as he usually does. He's one of the most confident wrestlers of all time. Jeff Hardy will fucking swan tie off your house into a pit of fire. He doesn't care. But I think these last two matches are building his confidence. And this match was Swerve. I didn't think it for one second. I was just thinking, oh, here goes two wrestlers that I really like having a good match. Jeff Hardy's not in any danger at this. He looks healthy. He looks like he's having fun. They're having a slow-paced match. It doesn't have to be all these crazy high spots. That's not what Jeff Hardy's about now. They could just have this kind of cool match, Swerve style mixed with Jeff Hardy style to make a really dope match. I thought it was fun, especially kind of with the story that they're playing. They announced eventually here, you'll get into the knees that they're doing this couple swap. You pick my date and I'll pick your date type thing. So I think it's a good story that they're telling dealer's choice that's what was announced that both guys are going to be picking each other's opponent and this is also where we got the it's the new year new me dumbass line from adam when uh, swerve had mentioned that the last person who beat him was himself and so that was really good but um dealer's choice do you have any picks for who you think we might be seeing i don't really have an idea they didn't give us any ideas at all denise they were just kind of like you guys are going to pick each other's opponents uh Hangman said, I'm going to bring someone to knock you down off that pedestal. I don't know what that means. I don't have any idea at all, Denise, like nothing in the world. When it comes to AEW, like they could either go with someone that's going to make sense or someone so out of the box that you probably weren't expecting. So it's kind of hard to predict which direction they're going to go in. Uh, and it's going to it's got to be something good for both guys, because the point is that you want it to be like I 
I, as Hangman Page, want to teach you Swerve a lesson. And so here's your opponent. Good luck, sucker. Like, that's supposed to be the, the, the thing, right? Yeah. I think <laughs> they're saying Keith Lee. In the oh, comments. man. That's Stop the it. worst. Stop it. Imagine it is Keith Lee. You have oh, been swerving God. this, man. Well, it's finally <laughs> happened. But no, didn't Keith Lee already announce that he's going to be doing yeah. like, surgery and stuff? Yeah, so he's out the not, door. I mean, in terms of like an option. Not going to be Keith Lee. But yeah, Denise, I honestly don't have an idea because usually kind of in these situations, they feed us a little bit, but you know, AEW, they like to the keep their little mysteries. Tony Khan loves to turn the lights out and have people show up. Oh, so. no, let's not do that. <laughs> Just like bring out the person, hit out the that, song. I know I'm that one gets you, Denise. That's why I'm I said it. Done, Reg. Done. Like effing done with turning down the lights. Done. I know, I know that's a trigger for you, Denise. That's like, you, honestly, you it, hate it went the from light being, turn off. Yeah, it went from being one of the coolest things where you're like, oh, I'm really anticipating what's going to happen to not this shit again. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's my reaction now. Whenever the lights go down, I don't even get excited anymore. Yeah, no, there was a time when they started to spam it. There was one show they did it like five times and it was like, all right, it's like, let's maybe reel it in. But it's because Tony Khan is an ECW young boy. That's an ECW trick. Paul Heyman loves that trick and he's going to keep utilizing it. I hate it. All right. We got two more matches to get into the acclaimed versus the gates of agony. What'd you think? Oh, was that bad for you? Reg? Are you a fan of the bang, bang, gang, gang? I forgot. Bang, gang, gang. <laughs> bang. What is it? Bang, gang. I'm, oh, bang, bang, scissor gang. That's I'm what like, it is. You cannot get this. Okay. I'm going to start what out with bang, 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 scissor, scissor gang. I'm going to start off with love. Bang, bang, scissor gang. Uh, the bang, bang, gang theme. Hard. It hits hard. It hits even harder than the last time. I'm like, oh, this is really great. That's it. That's all I got for this. Hate, 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 hate. Why is Mogul Embassy in every trios match, whether it be Ring of Honor or AEW? There are other trios. They just lost the Ring of Honor trios championships. Why are they getting a match with the, the AEW six-man championships? That doesn't even make sense. Oh, they just lost to the Bang Bang Gang, so let's put them in the matches for the other championship and then bring it up on commentary, too? Why are these losers getting a match? They should get to the back of the line. They Samoa Joe tells people all the time, get to the back of the line. He told Hook, why aren't they in the back line? They're in the front of the line of the next championship. This doesn't make any sense to me. The Acclaim were, are still one of the most over-tag teams in all of wrestling. But when the bell rings, I have no interest. Well, Reg, I don't know what to tell you, man. I wasn't that interested in this match either. And I was hoping that maybe you would have some great things to say about it. Why do you think I said the acclaim versus Gates of Agony? What'd you I, think, Reg? I, I, knew what you I didn't doing. give I any opinion exactly on it. Because I, uh... I didn't think there was anything. There's They didn't give me anything to have an opinion on. They keep trying to get us to be into this group, Denise. Do you care about I, the I Bang Bang Scissor I Gang? Cared, I cared on Saturday on Collision. I did like how they came <laughs> together. I cared that day. I cared on Saturday, but today you didn't care. <laughs> today I didn't care. I did care on Saturday. Um, But I'm kind of reaching, to be honest. Like, I'm making myself care. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. that I'm like, so like, oh my God, that's so cool. I'm just going, all right. It's that's just fine. because they're putting it in your face. And you're like, all right, that's. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. It's like, oh, well, I'm hungry and there's nothing else to eat. I'll eat this. You know, yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I'm okay. That's how I feel. Oops, All right. Swipe, swipe left. Speaking of being hungry, Red Velvet. 
I really like Red Velvet Straight Cake. Up. She came she out with her cute little uh, mm-hmm. apron. Is that new? Mm-hmm. Has she came out with an apron before? She's came out with an apron before. Once okay, this was yeah. the first time I actually noticed it. But uh, mm-hmm. Red Velvet versus Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa's back in singles action on Dynamite. Uh, she's been making sort of a, she's been looking good on Collision. You know, ever yeah. since she came back, she started off in tag team. And then she had her singles match on Saturday. And then now she's here on Dynamite Wrestling again. I really liked this match with her and Red Velvet. I like how both of them kind of had each other's number uh during this and they were both kind of showing up showing off a little bit to each other i thought that was really great but thunder rosa has been looking really good since her return honestly um she has been doing this thing since last week where after her matches she like starts saying stuff directly to the camera Mm -hmm. and this time i thought she was going to call out tony storm she mentioned tony storm but then they completely cut her off right away and they went to some celebrity that was on the um that was there in the crowd. So we didn't actually get to hear the rest of what it looked like Thunder Rosa had more to say. So I was kind of like, damn, I would have loved to hear what the rest, like, is she officially coming for Tony Storm? I'm assuming she is, but uh, I don't know. It seems like she's working her way to the front of the line. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that she is, Denise, because I want them to tell the story like they're telling with the Men's World Championship of a bunch of contenders. It doesn't have to be just because Deona's after Tony Storm that we have to, oh, that's it. There's only one contender. No, like I said, they've been introducing all these women, Serena, uh, Tony, Deona, everybody wants the championship. So why wouldn't Thunder Rosa come out and be like, I want that championship, dog. I've been coming out doing, I love that she's kind of been silent about it. She's been cooking over on Collision. She's had some multi-women matches. She's been in some different things. But over here, this is her bread and butter, red velvet, perfect opponent, I think, for (laughs) what are you laughing at? Because you were like bread and butter, red velvet. Oh, my God, you're hungry. (laughs) I'm always hungry. I can't believe you really laughed at that. You're so silly. Because it sounds like a baking podcast. Like if you were to take that little clip out and be like, what's this podcast about to some random person? They'd be like, oh, baking. He's talking about bread and butter and red velvet. What else are they going to be talking about? Sports? No way. (laughs) All right. So bread and butter. Maybe talk about sports. I don't know, Denise. Great match. Thunder Rosa and Red Velvet. Two tremendous ladies. I love them. More, more, more fire. But I also wouldn't be mad if Thunder Rosa went and challenged for the TBS championship, too, because I think she could be the leader of Collision just having fire matches as a TBS champion every week, I think, would be really dope. So I don't know. Anything. The the sky's the limit for Thunder. Thank you to everybody who has our back here on the chat. It looked like she said that uh, she had mentioned Julia Hart's name after oh, Tony okay. Storm. See, I didn't catch that at Perfect. all. Right away, they mm-hmm. went to like something else. And I was like, I heard Tony Storm. And then that was it. I didn't hear anything else from there. Um, we got John Deller here who says, need to circle back to Britt. Uh, I don't know when Britt is going to be coming back. She looks like she's kind of been uh, out for a bit. Do you have an interest in that, Denise? Thunder Rosa and Britt? I mean, it's hard to say no because of the history that they have had. And I feel like me saying no would be just like, I don't know. I think it'd be like an insult because the work that they shared together was really good. But I think just based off of like everything we've seen on social media and just stuff like that, it makes me go, oh, well, I don't think that they like each other. So, and it's become so public now where like everybody knows they don't like each other. So maybe, you know, you can feed off of that in a couple of, in, in a while. They're always going to have, they're always going to be connected to each other. 
for the work that they going to be professional. I don't know if everybody's going to be professional, though. That's the issue. Right. Right. It's like, again, like they're fine just, line. Yeah. <laughs> but who knows? You know, I feel like given what they did, I feel like how do you not circle back to that at some point? I think you kind of have to, especially with what they were doing on that show. It seems like they were building towards the match, but Thunder happened to be out a little bit longer than I think they expected. Do you think people would care more knowing the fact that they really don't like each other? Yeah. I people would too. people yeah. like real life heat. And yes. It, and if they're like, what if, if we watch the match and it might break down into a real fight, that's always interesting to people. The whole time we're going to be like, oh, did she, was that a what shoe? Was that, was that a shoe? Oh, was she, did she stiff yeah. her? You know, things mm-hmm. like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think somebody all of will us... play it in slow motion on Twitter, like, oh, look at this right here. She punched. Yeah, you know how it goes. Yes, exactly that. Uh, John Deller, thank you so much for that super chat. Alrighty, everybody. That was AEW Dynamite for today. Of course, we will be back next week with some AEW Dynamite coverage. We're here each and every single Wednesday. But before we go, uh, Royal Rumble. We got a lot going on. I'm flying to Tampa tomorrow morning. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I've never been to Tampa, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and there's going to be all of these met, all of these uh, media events that WWE is doing. So I'll be at those. I'll be putting out tons of content. So keep checking here for the channel. I'm hoping to have new content each and every single day. So keep an eye out on that. And then Reg and I will be doing a Royal Rumble post show the day after on Sunday because that was really the only day I could fit it in the schedule. So um, we'll make it happen. We'll be here. We'll talk about the Rumble. I'll be sharing my live experiences, all of that. So it seems like it's going to be a really big weekend. Reg, promote your stuff. I'll see you guys on Sunday with Denise. Every Wednesday, I'm here with Denise. We're talking <clears throat> the AEW Dynamite post show. I'm also on with Mike and Indeed every Wednesday. Best independent wrestling that you could see. We have Mason and Monsoor on today. They're super cool, super great guests. You guys should check that out. Uh, tomorrow, it's ROH post show with Kate and also Ask Rhapsody. And every Saturday, it's me and Philip Lindsay. Ask Rhapsody podcast. I could have got my rant off on Damian Priest. I'll probably extend it on Saturday if you guys are interested. Just schedule like a lot yourself, like five minutes to go on a rant. Like just everybody breathe. Here we go. One, two, three, rant time. Mm. (laughs) I love it. All right, guys, that was our show today. Thank you so much as always. And we will catch you guys on the next one. Bye, everyone.